When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to the signing day edition of the Five Star Zone. And now that the dust has settled a little bit, I'm able to actually to do one of these things because uh, just when I was about to, there was a slight little hiccup going on with Michigan State. And it looked as if maybe things weren't done with the Spartans when they came down to their class with a, a certain offensive tackle who... Yes, eventually ended up at Kentucky, but Keontae Goodwin did not sign his letter of intent. That was one every Spartan fan followed. It went down to the wire, past the wire, into overtime. The funny thing about it was that, and, I, and I'm going to get to the guys who actually uh, committed to Michigan State, but that's probably the one that everybody wants to know about. That recruitment felt a lot like Malik McDowell. I say that because I think Mr. Goodwin was torn when I saw his his actual press conference and he's wearing nothing but black. It reminded me of when Malik McDowell signed at uh, Southfield. Normally when you sign your, for your team, you're wearing the team colors, you're happy. It's like your wedding, your graduation. It's, it's something that you've been looking for all your life and, and, and you're ready to share this with everybody else. Keontae looked, well... Basically, man, he looked like he was dressed for a funeral. Not happy, no smiles. It wasn't even a sense of, whew, I got this thing over with. It, you know, I remember covering Dylan Tatum earlier this year, and you could tell it was a relief for him. This young man, Dylan, was going back and forth between Michigan and Michigan State. Once he finally said he wanted to be a Spartan, he was able to put on the colors, and he had nothing but smiles on his face. Whereas Mr. Goodwin, he did not have that. He looked as if he were still undecided and late that night. And early the next day, you found out that, well, he didn't sign. Eventually, he did sign with Kentucky. He's going to go to Kentucky. Big 6'8", uh, left tackle. Could Michigan State have used him? Absolutely, they could have. Uh, Mel Tucker was in this thing to the very end. And they talked on on the phone the on signing day probably four or five times as Tucker was trying to, to just see if the kid wanted to come to Michigan State. He did not. But I will give Mel Tucker credit because for a lot of people, they get all caught up on, you know, the people that you got or the people you didn't get. And, oh, my goodness, this is just horrible. What about this? What about that? I'm going to say man, Mel Tucker in year, depending on what you want to call it, year one and year two, I'm going to call it year one because the COVID year, everything was different. He couldn't have kids on campus. And those who, you know, committed to Michigan State did it via Zoom. They weren't even able to, you know, kick the tires on kids. You weren't able to go to games. You weren't able to do a lot of different things. This was the first year that things were back to normal. This was the first year that you could go and scout kids. You could bring kids on campus. You could meet their parents. You could kind of get a feel for not just what they can do football-wise, but also just as a person. And Tucker addressed a lot of needs. And I think the biggest thing that 
you'll take out of this class were three things. The offensive line, yes, you missed out on Keontae Goodwin, but Michigan State did itself some favors in trying to bolster the offensive line in the future because that is something uh, it's still a little shaky. And they went out there and they got some four guys to come in here and and, and try to get this thing done, whether it's uh, Ashton Lipo, uh, Gavin Brocious, Christian Phillips, or Brayden Miller. They brought in four guys from different parts of the country, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, and Colorado. The shortest guy in the bunch is 6'5". Tucker is going after the big old lineman, the type that you normally see at Wisconsin, at Iowa, those types of guys in order to solidify this. You win and lose college football games and pro football games on the line, people. He went after the offensive line. The other thing that he did was he went hard after the defensive line. That's part two of what he did. Actually, I guess it was, I guess, I mean, I, well, yeah, it's still two parts. Defensive line because in there, he ends up getting a Zion Young on signing day, 6'6 kid out of Atlanta, Georgia. He committed to Michigan State. It was down to Michigan State and Missouri. But I think the biggest thing that Mel Tucker did was he went back to that transfer portal and he won. He won the portal again, folks. He was able to get uh, Chris Boggle at the last second when everybody kind of thought, because Boggle had, you know, here's a story. Boggle had committed to Michigan State on his official visit, but they kept it low key. He didn't want to put it out there. And then he goes on a visit to Kentucky and looked as if Kentucky had actually swung him back over. But in the end, Boggle ends up coming to Michigan State. He put it out there. Tucker finds it out right before he met with the media. He's a 6'5". I'm going to say he's an edge rusher. Can play edge rush. He can play linebacker. Um, The best way I can describe it, kind of like David Ajabo for the state of uh, from for the University of Michigan, where he can go out there and you need edge rusher. You need somebody who can come out and help because Michigan State lost theirs in Beasley. They lost theirs in Panashuk. And, you know, you were young at that. You were and very thin at edge at the edge rushers. Tucker also improved his edge rushing by bringing in two more transfers and uh, Aaron Brule and Jacoby Winman. Jacoby coming from UNLV and Brule coming from Mississippi State, both from the state of Louisiana, both knew each other. He added to the edge rushing. These guys can play linebacker. These guys can also put their hand in the dirt and come on off the defensive end. Linebacker was something that Michigan State really didn't have a lot of depth on, as you saw at the end of the year. When guys like Noah Harvey were in there playing, it's not knocking against Noah Harvey. It's just, let's face it, you're not going to beat Ohio State with guys with, with Noah Harvey as your main linebacker. It's good to bring in guys for depth. It's good that Noah was able to come in in the Penn State game and make some tackles, get an interception. But you're not going to win long term. You upgraded the position. You brought in more athletic guys. And you know what? It's something that... You brought in guys that I know a lot of people may not want to hear this, but these are guys who could probably move Cal Halliday back to a depth position and not necessarily a starter. Once again, Cal, freshman All-American, played well. 
but I don't think that you beat Ohio State with Cal Halliday. You beat Ohio State bringing Cal Halliday in on specialized downs and bringing him off the bench. Like I said, it's not a knock on Cal. Cal did a fantastic job, but you upgraded the position. And for those who still don't get it and still don't understand, let me put it to you like this. Michigan State had Elijah Collins. Elijah Collins was leading the Big Ten. He's one of the leading returning running backs coming into the Big Ten. They went with Kenneth Walker at running back instead of Elijah Collins. The rest was history. Walker was an upgrade over Elijah Collins. Had nothing to do with Collins. He was just better. And I think that's what happened with the edge rushing and the linebacking core that he brought in here is he got better. The defense got better. So I like the fact that Tucker went out there and, like I said, you missed the offensive tackle. But, man, those three guys you brought in plus bringing in Jalen Berger at the running back spot, the former Wisconsin running back, you hope that he could slide in and give you, man, if he can give you 70% of what Kenneth Walker did, I think your offense is going to be doing just fine. Now, you also got some early enrollees that are coming in, and that, and the thing about this is that I think the early enrollees give themselves a leg up to, to actually make a tribute, contribute in the fall for either team, whatever team they go to. But MSU, uh, Chase Carter, defensive end, another guy you're going to come in. Caleb Cooley in the secondary, Caden Hauser, quarterback, Jaden Mangum, secondary. I think Jaden Mangum, you're probably looking at the guy who's going to eventually replace Xavier Henderson in Mangum. Uh, Jack Nickel, tight end. Dylan Tatum, another safety slash corner you're bringing back there. Alex Van Summeren, big-time defensive tackle. And, and uh, uh, A.D. Willie. He's also going to be a guy back in the secondary. So that's the third thing that Tucker, in my opinion, addressed. And there was a secondary 130th in the league. A lot of that, I think, wasn't just necessarily the corners. I think a lot of it, if you go back and watch some of those BTN 60 games, if you recorded them or just the regular games, it was third down coverage. Michigan State could not get off the field. That was the big knock on them. Because you couldn't get off the field, a lot of times the teams went after the linebackers and went after the sl- the safeties. I think he upgraded both of those positions with speed, as I just talked about with the uh, incoming uh, transfer portal guys coming in. It was speed and athleticism. It's something that MSU did not have, and you saw that when it came down to third down. So I think that he did increase the depth, and we got to wait and see what happens with them. Also, the other big news, Kenneth Walker decided that he is not going to be playing in the Peach Bowl game. He is going to enter. He's going to forego his last year. He's going to enter his name into the NFL draft. Honestly, I think it was the wisest choice. There's nothing. Yeah, would it have been nice to see him come out there and play one last time in the green and white? Absolutely. But that was for selfish reasons. Kenneth Walker now has to look out for Kenneth Walker. And I think that that is the smartest thing for that young man to do. You know, I I hearken back to Jake Butt, who was great tight end for the University of Michigan. He goes out there, blows out, uh, I think it was his knee or his kill. I think it was his knee. He was never the same. He went from a first round pick to drafted, I think, in later rounds, and and he never really healed. He never got back to where he was that special tight end, that special playmaker that he was at the University of Michigan. If you're not going for the national title, you're going to see more and more people opting out. Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pitt has also opted out. I can't blame him. Now, you're, you may be saying, well, they're not going to be a top pick, and you know how can you do that? I mean, after a while, you got to look out for you and your family. Is it worth it playing and getting injured? 
And the chances are the answer is always going to be no. And I'm, if, you know, most coaches are real with themselves. They won't even want their kids out there playing that final game. It's just how it is, unless there's something there. It's why Aiden Hutchinson and, and David Ajabo, they're playing in their bowl game. Why? You got a natty on the line. And when you have something like that, then, yeah, it's different. Now, if you want to fix this problem, and I said this on the show, this is why the NCAA should expand to 12 teams. Because now, guess what? Michigan State and Pitt, they're playing in a 12-team playoff game. Now Kenneth Walker's playing in this game because he has a chance at a national title. It's why you don't see players opting out of the NCAA tournament because there's something to play for. But you won't see players who are going to go to the league playing in the NIT because, let's face it, no one cares about the NIT. And as far as these games go, even the New Year's Six games, even they're prestigious. Heck, Mel Tucker probably got a quarter-million-dollar raise for getting there. But bottom line, you're winning a trophy. And that's it. You're not winning a national title. You're not winning anything like that. And if that's the case, players are now asking themselves, well, what's the point of playing in this game when I can get hurt? You know, people are like, well, if Kenny Pickett going up against the Michigan State defense, it could, you know, catapult him into, you know, top five. And I was like, not really, because what he's doing is, isn't special. Unless he went out there and did what C.J. Stroud did, anything less than that is actually going to bring his stock down. Because they'll say, well, C.J. Stroud threw for f- six touchdowns and a half. So if Pickett doesn't duplicate that or even excel, it would be a detriment to him. So I understand why that young man also is sitting out the bowl games. You want to fix the problem, you got to expand the bowls. I don't understand. Football is evolving. And for those still stuck, and we all just want to keep it at four to make the games mean more. You mean to tell me you're not watching, you know, quarterfinal games or – the opening round of the playoff. I mean, think about it. We're watching Wild Card Weekend. They've expanded in the NFL. They've expanded in the NBA. They've expanded in Major League Baseball and hockey. The professional sports have expanded, but for some reason, even college basketball has expanded. But we keep holding tight, you know, to the traditions of college football. Man, we got to let that stuff go because I'm telling you. It can do a lot better. You can get a lot better games, and people will care a lot more, and players will not opt out, plain and simple. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. I do want to talk about the University of Michigan and their signing day. Michigan lost two kids, uh, one to Texas, and losing kids to Texas, man, you know, Texas got that NIL money. They got that package rolling. You lost one to Texas. You lost one to Kentucky, but – you also picked up a guy. You stole one from uh, Notre Dame. I think for me, the, the biggest ones for Michigan was picking up the two wide receivers. I mean, they went big on wide receivers, but bringing in guys that are 6'3", 6'4", and I think even one is 6'5", man, I think I see where Gaddis is going. Now, Michigan had a lot of receivers. They had the big receivers uh, a few years ago when they had Donovan Peoples-Jones and, and uh, Tariq Black, and they had big guys. But I don't think they took advantage of them. You take advantage of that height. Man, you're taller than every other corner out there. And whatever quarterback is back there throwing, they got to be happy. Now, receivers are a position that if they're good enough, you can get them into the game immediately. There's no red shirting them. So, you know, Josh Gaddis with tall receivers, that could be a very scary offense, especially with Blake Corn back there. 
with uh, Donovan Edwards in the backfield. Michigan's offense, that's going to be a thing to watch. That's going to be a thing that's going to be very entertaining next year. Bringing in those guys, you can get an instant impact with them. Yeah, I like that. Plus, don't forget, Ronnie Bell will be coming back. He was injured at the beginning of the year. I think that's going to be something to watch out for. But uh, I think both schools overall had very good signing days. Michigan finished in the top 10. I think Michigan State finished within the top 20. You know, Harbaugh coming off a, a, a successful year. He cashed in. Mel Tucker coming off a successful year. He cashed in. Plus, going into the portal and grabbing some more players to, to bolster that defense, that's something that you want to see. I don't think things are going to fall off between Michigan and Michigan State anytime soon on the football field. I think you know this is going to be something that both teams are going to be able to keep this thing going. So I'm going to wrap it up for now. Hopefully, we'll have Evan back next week. And I can hear what Evan's questions are going to be. We'll get a little bowl edition going on as we get closer and closer to the bowl games. Uh, but yeah, because he, Kenneth Walker sitting out, Kenny Pickett sitting out. You watch the line move from uh, Pittsburgh was favored by four to now Michigan State's favored at some points by two and a half. The Michigan lines pretty much stayed the same. It's Georgia eight and a half point favorite. So we'll have more upon those games uh, next week. But happy holidays to those listening to this. We'll try to get one out either before or right after. Well, yeah, probably before Christmas next week. But in case I don't get a chance to talk to you, happy holidays to everybody. Once again, make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends to listen to the Five Star Zone. I'm Rico Beard. Thanks for listening.